Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Plus minus. Curry, way down to Tim Kawakami deserves all the credit there. <laughs> Plus minus. Hey, driving again. Oh, Tell Marcus that he asked you know, that question about my defense. You hear that, Marcus? Anthony, you know me well, buddy. Y'all have a great night. I think you got the highest plus minus in the season in NBA history. Welcome back to the full squad edition of Warriors Plus Minus. Uh, I am your host. I'm not even a host. We're like all hosts. I got the co-host, Anthony Slater, in the building. And the other co-host who's decided to join us after a week of, I don't know, playing golf on some island somewhere with big wigs. Welcome back, Tim Kawakami to the 5-1 and one Warriors. <laughs> Do people want to talk about this team? I don't so, know. Maybe so people they're... have been asking why we haven't done pods. And they were like, where's the pod? Where's the pod? Slater, we just blamed him like he was holding up the show. Hey, we've done two Warriors plus minus, and the Warriors have only played one game in like four or five days. So they start playing, we'll start talking. Well, that's all fine. I even listened to the show last week. So how about that? I was a listener. Yeah, that's wild. What are you doing? That's not how you should be spending your vacation, Tim. (laughs) What? I was like, where's the Warriors content? I need Warriors content on vacation. You were one of those <laughs> athletic subscribers that was just I need drilling I me need after it. I don't do an all eighty two on the Thunder I, Blow. I had it off My to bad. the side. I'm just kind of listening to the podcast, and I hear Slater take a drive by of me <laughs> with a fifty three. I did. I was getting text like, 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 "Yo, uh, what, so. what, what, what happened to all eighty two? Like it went somewhere." I'm like, "Let me go listen." Did the feed come apart? It's like, man, it wasn't one after the last game. I'm like, "Y'all gotta calm down." <laughs> like, jeez. Hey Slater, you can't do all seventy-two this year. It's got to be all eighty-two. There's demand. That's like that. You like that? It's gonna be forty-six, uh, and then every playoff game. How about that? But they got to get in the playoffs. Before <laughs> so it was all eighty-two when they were a playoff team, and then they got to. When they're not a playoff team, eh, 40, 42 games. But they get back to playoffs, they'll be back to all eighty-two. Or at least it's a Jacob. It's a sixteen-game podcast. That's what it is. Like they get sixteen-game player, sixteen-game podcast. Yeah. Every game that they take 50 or more threes, I will do a <laughs> podcast on starting now. How about that? Automatic. To me, this is a very exciting episode because the game that is coming up is one of those circle on the schedule games. I've been watching Charlotte on League Pass. That's my that's my squad to watch. You just love to hear Del Curry. You just you just on there for Del Man, Curry. Man, that team is exciting, dude. They're, they're they're a lot of fun to watch. But also, uh, we're gonna get to see LaMelo Ball. <laughs> Who has not been Charlotte's best player? For, no, he uh, has not. He season. has not. But he does look good. He, he's coming off a thirty-point game, and you know what that means. You know what Lamelo Ball means, TK. The presence of Lamelo Ball means we must reevaluate the Warriors encounter because James Wiseman is going to be out there playing forty-two minutes. Right? He's going to be dominating on the floor like he has. His Do we think part of the uh, release yesterday of Hey James Wiseman is now <laughs> just so happy to be before here, you take Lamelo? Yeah, and hey, here, let him talk. We're going to have him talk to everybody. There is some he he's existing. He's accepting G League assignments. He's uh, I have again. This might be true, but it's funny on the broadcast. I went back and watched it, and they're like. James Wise, we were we were watching practice the other day, and James Wise oh, was the just dominating. Was wild on TV. Yeah. <laughs> like, he yeah, was dominating little... Dehan in his individual yeah, workouts. There, was... might, there might be some Lamelo function to that. Absolutely, there might be some. Remember last year it was like, oh, he shouldn't be looking at Lamelo. He shouldn't be trying to match those stats. He's the number two pick, and there's a number three pick, and just keep. But now it's like, hey, Lamelo's doing great. Maybe we got to get Wiseman out there a little bit. It may be. We'll see. We'll see. The truth about Lamelo, and we can get into the talk if you want the truth about Lamelo is not only does he look great over his first year and a half and like a guy who could help a winning team now not only can like is in charlotte they're winning and he's a big part of it 
but he man looks like a Warriors player. You know, you drop him in the Warriors system and the flowing, the passing, transition, small the, ball, the size, the yeah, size. six foot seven point guard. The shots even better than what we thought, right? Like, and even the turnovers are Warriorsy. It's like, oh, he's trying this like crazy pass and it's going out of bounds. It just all of it fits. But he's a star. He's a star. That's kind of big too because the, the whole part of the point of Wiseman is, hey. We got to be prepared for post-Steph Curry life, right? Probably a smoother transition to hand from Steph to LaMelo entering his prime. I'm pretty sure one of the reasons they didn't really look harder at LaMelo Ball was that he was a little duplicative of Steph. Now, now, if you're looking for a post-Steph thing, like they are clearly with Wiseman and Kaminga and Moody and, and Poole a little bit, that's okay. But they also were trying to kind of get split the atom. They're trying to get... Somebody who was good for the future, but also wasn't going to be duplicative. And, you know, I think we all heard this. Like, Steph's going to be making $50 million a year, and Clay's making $40 million a year. Do you want to add another guard to that with who gonna, who's going to need the ball in his hands? That turned out to be wrong. I mean, the miscalculation on how good ball was. But I think that was they, – they wanted a, a piece that would be different than what they had, but also would be good for five years on his own and they concluded it was wise and you know and Slater and I for sure agreed with that at the time I think we probably both could say uh maybe LaMelo Ball was a little miscalculated <laughs> yeah we both there. miscalculated LaMelo and a lot of people did I mean like the, he was not viewed as a sure thing and remember he went three but he didn't go one he could have gone one right I mean he was Anthony Edwards looks pretty good too by the way <laughs> Yes, he does. Yes, he yes, looks very good. Yes. The LaMelo train has left the station. They missed, right? They didn't see it coming. They missed. that. It might end up going to Luka Doncic's range. It might not. They can't control that at this point. But to me, what ma- what really matters over the next few years is what type of miss it is. They don't want it to be a Luka Bagley. They want it to be a Luka Trey. Luka, yeah, I think this is an even better comparison. Luka Ayton. They need him to, de- you know, Wiseman to become Ayton. Essentially, I'm not saying yeah, he can't the same be exact player. That's too, much. That's too high of a yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and in this league, in this league, it just doesn't happen for for that position. We can still say to this day, Phoenix should have drafted Doncic, of course, because Doncic should have been the number one pick in that draft. But you don't sit there and watch Phoenix and watch Aiton in the playoffs last year and be like, oh, what an obvious miss that'll haunt them forever. No, because Aiton is solid. They just need to make James Wiseman good, and that is still very much on the table. And good in a way that might really help them. By the way, I, I thought I, I came away from that loss thinking James Wiseman could have really helped them here. I mean, a good James Wiseman, not bad James Wiseman. They just need another option, like another offensive option, preferably one near the rim. <laughs> yes, I can say like somebody can someone's going to be five feet away from the rim when he catches the ball and then finish. And James Wiseman theoretically can do that. Kevon Looney. Absolutely cannot do that. I mean, I think there's yeah, cannot. Did you see the interaction with him and Steph during the Thunder game? I only saw it when you clipped yeah. it out in, in your story. Yeah, but I mean, I mean that's the perfect example. And you could tell the frustration in Steph. And like, hey, I'm sure he loves Kavon. Kavon's been great for them. But it's like, you know, you create the attention, you draw the defense, you hit the. Uh, he, he has to throw the bounce pass because it's Kavon Looney. And then it's <laughs> and then it's pump fake, pump fake, like. Lou Dort's coming from across the court to foul him, and then suddenly Kevon Looney's at the line, and he goes right over to James Wiseman, and it's basically like, "That'll be you. That'll be a lob, and that'll be a and dunk." Don't pump fake that. Just go. go we're going up <laughs> no, strong, buddy. That's what we're doing. And I'm yeah. not bounce passing it. I'm throwing it up to the the, sur- the square, and you're you're crushing it. And like to be honest, like you know, as bad as Wiseman's season was at times last year, particularly defensively, is, is like he's got to be able to survive defensively. He did that a lot last season. As as lost as he was out there, there was games against Charlotte. You remember the Charlotte game at home? He had like nine dunks in that game. There's stuff for him to do on this team right now. There really is. They don't need. The superstar, 20 touches. They just need the super basic stuff. When I get you the ball inside the restricted area, finish. And also, if somebody's driving, get a hand up because you're seven feet and you can at least contest it. Yeah, they don't need that much right now. This team is good without a superstar, a James Wiseman. And the threat of it, right? Then maybe they don't all collapse on stuff like that. Maybe maybe there's some, you know, there's more freedom for Steph because... They don't want to see that dunk over the top of their heads from Wiseman. I, I think one of the sto- again, they're five and one. We can praise them for that. They've played well, but I think one of the stories of this season so far, and, and we've all touched on it, is how bad Looney's been. I mean, he has been borderline unplayable. Now he's been out there to start every game. It's not a disaster, 
But they can't play him to finish games, really, because he can't do anything with the ball. It's just that he's a, and to have him on the floor with Draymond is pretty tough. I've said this for how many years now? Three I heard years, this a years. lot when I said it's, Ben they, Simmons. They keep, like, oh, you can't have Draymond and Ben it's, Simmons together. I know, I know. It's tough. It's tough. You know, you, you have a, you know, a generational offensive talent in Steph Curry. That's how you get away with it. You can't get away with it any other way. And it's not real easy to do it right now. And you can't play him with JTA. You can't play him with Iguodala. Like, there's some just groups of things you can't do with Kevon Looney. I've said this for years, and he's overplayed, you know, he's outplayed my predictions for him at age 25. What, what does he look like? What is he playing like? Like, he's 37. I mean, it's really slow out there, and it's a little tough. And Wiseman, I'm not saying Wiseman should start, but because we don't know where Wiseman is, I'm saying Wiseman can Man, get Lodi some is playing at a There's playoff no place, at a playoff pace, baby. That's what he's doing. <laughs> 16, yeah, 16 he's game Looney. It's going to matter in the postseason. <laughs> it might, and it might, and it might. It's flip side because, like, Kevon Looney obviously stunts their offense. We can see it. I mean, we saw it. In he that, didn't stunt the example. offense with that mid range jumper he's been hitting. Let's go. He did hit a minute. Let's go. He did hit a first month. He's good Let's for go, one of those Looney. a month. One of those a month. <laughs> the reality with Wiseman, I, I mean, I, I think I think we're all very confident. He can really help their offense. He, he can help their offense. But the thing that will make James Wiseman much more playable than Kevon Looney is if he can survive defensively. Because James Wiseman, at times last year, is not even just protect the rim. It's like, don't just be exploited. Remember, there was games last year where it was like, oh, the Lakers are just going at James Wiseman every play. And like... He can't be that unplayable defensively, or else you're going to have to play Kevon Looney. You know, it's a little double-edged sword. So, look, if they can just get Wiseman to playable defensively, they can give him basically all the Looney minutes and then go small otherwise. But we got to see that from Wiseman because we have not seen that. No question. And you got to see him do it offensively too, right? I mean, we haven't seen that since he's been back. Is he? Can he get in the right spots? As we've all thought, you know, said that he's likely to get most of his minutes for now on the second unit with Jordan Poole and, you know, pick and roll. He's, he's in the dunker spot, all those things. And can he play defense on that group? Because that, that group could probably use an, a, a, some more defense. They've, they've kind of leaned offense over there. Now, then, does Bielitsa come out of the second unit? Is that what we would be looking at if Weissman's in it? Well, Bielitsa, again, you could kind of reconfigure the rotation. But um, I, I think Bielitsa can play like late first quarter. Yeah, he'll play you know, those come minutes with like Steph. Yeah, with Steph. The Damian Lee yep. sub. Yeah, I think, I think I, you know, I, I can see that. I can see that. And, and maybe get some with the second unit. Maybe you don't have to play... Six, well, he can you know, play that minutes, back half of the it, quarter yeah. instead of the instead of the first half of the quarter. You know, he can also play with James Wiseman. He's he's a shooter t- theoretically. You know, yeah, Tim but, uh, Tim might he, argue, but, def- but uh, he, yeah, he yeah, I can say yeah, he's that's, a floor uh, spacer. Defensively, is that going to work? Be elites at the four. Uh, you know, a lot of it's on James Wiseman defensively because James Wiseman again. Part of the theory of drafting James Wiseman was. He can rim protect. He can be a Gobert type, even if it takes him a few years. But, you know, he needs to start showing that that is potentially in his future. There is a chance he could become a, like, you know, game-changing defender. Right now, he's a negative game-changing defender. So, like, you know, that's huge. But I will say, along these eight in lines, I was going to write a story over the summer, which I never did, which was looking at... Because the Warriors have... They saw Aiton emerge in the playoffs. Could Wiseman become that? I think there's a lot of differences. But I watched DeAndre Aiton rookie year film, and it was like horrendous it was he was terrible defensively right yes I, I, yes I remember it, it, like he just didn't know where defensive. to go he, it, the entire thing and then last year you know they were the, phoenix was the sixth ranked defense and ayton was like awesome defensively in the playoffs and i'm not saying that's where wiseman's going but but you know for them to be possible you say it is possible for them to be using all of these lineup combinations that we're talking about that becomes a lot easier when james wiseman if can he could just want a shot every now and then so people know it's not a layup line start there that's what they need you, you coverage is what happened but you can't have tj mcconnell getting layups while you're in the game like it just cannot happen like you've got to stop that but but i did want to i did want to get to the the next super major huge storyline from this big game that i'm super excited about how are the Warriors going to guard Kelly Oubre? Oh, man. This is the <laughs> Kelly Oubre. No, no. <laughs> Kelly Oubre. There really Oubre. might be a Kelly no, Oubre. No, seriously. Uh, this is uh, Charlotte is go- Charlotte is going to be – they're one of the best offensive teams in the league, and they really are going to be an interesting matchup because, first off, you got to begin with who does who does Wiggins guard? Because they get, not only do they have LaMelo, 
They also have Miles Bridges, who's the best player on the team. They also have Terry Rozier, who burned the Warriors last year and, you know, is a really good shooter. And they and they still have Gordon Hayward. So that's four guys who you kind of need to say, we need to put our best defenders on. And one of those guys will be guarded by Jordan Poole. <laughs> so this is going to really put some pressure on their defense and, and how they figure it out. I'm like – you got to start with Stefan Mello. You almost have to, it seems like. I would think so. I would think so. And, you know, Bridges, is, 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 is he breaking down guys or is he getting stuff in the flow? More than ever, yeah, yes. Yeah. He is. And yeah. a lot of transition, yeah. too. So, like, he's he's flourishing in transition. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the Warriors are going to have to play transition, D. There's, I mean, there's no question they're going to give up a dunk and there's going to be a Steve Kerr timeout, right? We've seen that so often. And then they'll have to figure out how they play that transition, D. They don't match up with that. I mean, they used to. That's when the Warriors were great. They had they could throw wing defenders that at, at keep coming at you with wing defenders. I'm sure Kerr will try to go it all out there. Gary Payton II will be out there. But that starting lineup does not feature a lot of – it has Wiggins basically to guard the wing and maybe Draymond to come over to, to, to help out with everybody. So they're going to have to score. Well, we've talked about that like all offseason going, like this is a team built to try to outscore some teams, and we'll see if they can. They should be able to do it at, at, at home. Uh, yeah, Charlotte, Charlotte to give up some points for sure. Know, with all this rest. Yeah, and Charlotte on the road, Charlotte come, you know, this is not a team you go, wow, you know, how do they how do they match up with this? The Warriors should match up with that, but they're going to have to score. They can't go through one of their offensive funks, and they're going to have to do slow Charlotte down defensively if they can, and I think that will be getting Iguodala in there pretty early. It will be getting JTA in there. Hell, they, they might. How about JTA guarding LaMelo? I like that matchup. Like they're throwing JTA at point yeah, guards. Yeah, they do. Like they, you know, Steve yeah, loves love doing that. And how that about would Gary Payton the second? That's another one. Although he's a little yeah, short. You for can't that dribble on him. You I mean, can't. You got to bring the ball up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'll, I'll put Payton. I'll put Payton on Rozier. I mean, I'll, I'll do that, something like that. They're gonna have to throw guys in like that, and then try to get the offense otherwise. But interesting to see if, like, if Poole gets, he's gonna have to guard one of those guys, and he gets burned. Is he gonna answer on the other side? Is he gonna show up? somehow in this game because there's been a couple games this season where he hasn't he cannot do that as a starter getting you know a guaranteed 25 minutes a game they've actually been happy with his defense early and but the offense has been the problem which is the the big surprise i mean he's like 21 percent from three or something like that right now and you could tell like mentally it's kind of gotten to him offensively but you know they'll, they'll say he's kind of done his job defensively he's not gonna be like a stopper but i mean i don't know about you guys i have not watched many games where i'm like oh he's killing nah he just he right. could just get beat off the dribble they, they, yeah he's just exactly he's physically not great he's not out of position that often you know you don't go wow that is just terrible he's he he, he he yeah, physically yeah, he's not, just yeah. his guy can get by him relatively easy i think they're prepared for it Right, they know they're rotating and 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 he's doing good with his assignments, but it don't it, it's boom like his guy decides to go, he's gone. He's he's right by him, and that's that's gonna be a problem against a team like this. But I, I wonder, I don't even know who they'll start. Will they start? They've been it, it's been Rozier start. Yeah, the last two has been Rozier, but Ubre is starting most of the game, so it's gonna be interesting to see how many dunks is is Kelly gonna try for. I don't know how many he's gonna get. He's going to try to dunk it every time he gets the ball, though. I don't think there's a question about that. I remember the you know the game I'm talking about last year. I mentioned Wiseman having like nine dunks against Charlotte at home. Kelly Oubre, like might have been a record. He had six first quarter dunks, all assisted by Draymond Green. Uh, one thing I do remember about Charlotte, which which we much must mention, you know, as we talk about this matchup, they were maybe the worst team guarding the Steph action <laughs> I've ever seen in that home game last year. They were just confused. Lamelo had a terrible defensive night, and you know they were just losing back cutters left and right. It's why Oubre had six dunks and and Wiseman had like nine. But um, you know, it's just something to watch because you know we talk about their strategy coming into this year, the Warriors, which was like you know teams like this, you know maybe you don't defend them that well, just outscore them. This maybe is a game like yeah, you give up one fifteen, but score one twenty five. You know who they had last year guarding that action, right? Wasn't it Cody Zeller? They've had you know, a series, well, you, yeah. Well, you know who they got now, yeah. right? They've got the stopper. Yeah. Mason Plumley, baby. There you go. Shut down I like, Curry I, It could action. be fill in the blank. You could have named any center. I, I would have said, yeah, that's who Charlotte had. I, I never know who their center is. Probably yeah. a white center. Yeah, I was going to say. Is it, Oka, is it Amika Okafor? <laughs> is that who their center is? Bismack Biombo. Bismack Biombo. Uh, I was talking to say a little bit of this before the show. I just want to bring it up. Bielitsa is an interest because we talk about him as this offensive thing. They brought him in 
He was going to make shots, space the floor. Guess how many threes he's taking? It's like seven or something crazy. Yeah, yeah. He's seven. barely shot them. And guess how many he's made? He's made two. Gary Payton II's seconds made four. out of four, out baby. Of four. Out of four. four, yeah, four? yeah. And four or be, four? I don't know what's going on with Bleed. I mean, I don't look at the game and go, "He's turning." Yeah, down that's shots, what I'm saying. I'm not. But... <laughs> I'm not necessarily getting Aubrey Caspi vibes from him yet, but he's got to shoot more. Yeah, it's interesting. That I have a theory. Go, go. They were hyping him preseason as this like playmaker, right? Draymond's like, you know, former Euroleague MVP. I didn't know I he could do all going. this. I see where this is going. He could put it on the ground. He could zing, 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 and. I, I, that's what I see a lot of is like it's not catching. It was like Caspi where it's like, uh oh, like why am I? I don't want it. Steph Curry's on the floor. I don't want to shoot. I think it's more like let me go to my dribble package. Let me get into the lane and hit Draymond again. And you know he had a remember that pass the other day? He flipped over the top. It was like to a Curry lefty layup. It was a really nice pass. And like Curry's giving him the goggles and Draymond's like roaring in his ear. And I don't know. I think he's too much. Maybe embrace the idea the that he's like, like I'm this free. team is yeah, letting me play. Me. Yeah, yeah. Look at so I'm, I'm I get LeBron, the ball. I'm out here look at me it go. does seem like his mind is like play make first where where tim you i think you're kind of right he's like they kind of need him to be the, a floor spacer that like teams fear like uh-oh like they literally need the points like <laughs> like that's what it, they really need the points and they need the spacing and they need the spacing you know it, it's i mean i think he's it, got I, it but I that's think how maybe, he's got the lane to drive yeah. like people know he could shoot but he they're turning down threes for twos that's the problem they they kind of need him to shoot and he's 6'10", like he can shoot over people when they're closing out. I, again, maybe, and, and, and maybe Slater's right, like maybe he wants to show this early, at least to show that he has it, and then settle back into the corner or in the wing and just shoot the three. He just doesn't want to be that guy, but they kind of need him to be that guy. That's what they, they got him for. That's what this is built for. And, you know, when he's out there with Iguodala and, you know, JTA, or like he's got to shoot the ball. You move the ball around and you get it to those guys, they're going to move it themselves. They're not going to take the shots that often. Although Iguodala's three hasn't looked bad. He hasn't made a lot, but it doesn't look bad. But it's not great when is a more willing three-point shooter. I mean, Porter's only taken 16, so he's not taking yeah, a lot either. So the two guys who are supposed take to come in and like really be the shooters and, and give them this weapon they have have taken 23 threes. Well, the other thing is they're not playing oh, as yeah. much as we thought, neither of them. I they're think that's part of it. He's playing one or the other. Except for the start. He starts the second and the fourth with both, but then he takes them out pretty quickly, and he doesn't play both of them with Steph, which you would think would be an interesting way to I mean, He did that in the preseason. Like He played those three, and it was ridiculous. So... You know, you know, whatever. It's rotations are. Steve is gonna Steve, man. I Steve just thought, like, man, who regard? Yeah, who regard? Yeah, this really, this really was gonna be the three point situation. I mistakenly predicted they would shoot over fifty a game in the preseason, and I was incorrect about. They that. shot over fifty <laughs> last year. They shoot over fifty, and I made sure I made Slater, made sure Major Slater knew about it. And I don't know if they should shoot 50, but they should not have games where they're shooting like in the low 30s. It should be over 40. Just given who they have, given their – they don't have a lot of guys who make twos. Like who makes twos on this team? Who's an efficient two-point scorer on this team? Steph. Steph and Poole. I mean, Poole should yeah, be. He's not a but yeah, he yet, but, yeah. Yeah. But he can do <laughs> it. He can do it. Like that floater is nice. Yeah. He can. Yeah, that, would, that would be a guy who can do it. No, no question. The weird thing about these pool struggles, though, it's like this idea of like, oh, now the regular season has exposed what he couldn't do. I'm like, we saw him in the regular season last year playing like down the stretch 25 minutes a night. I just think he's in a funk. I think he'll get back personally. Yeah, I, I, he's got talent. He can get to the rim. I mean, there are things that Jordan Poole is going to do this season. Just haven't seen a lot of it yet. But it does, it just underlines they could use somebody who can get it too. Like, just get near the paint and either knock down a shot or finish. That's where I see Wiseman. Like, Wiseman can do some of that stuff. Now, he's inefficient. He didn't do a, a great job of melding with Steph and the whole thing last season. No question. But they could use someone to go get it too. Go get an efficient two. Like, who's a 60% chance of converting a bucket? Just it's supposed that they to be know Wiggins. is going to happen. Yeah, it's supposed and, to be Wiggins. Yeah. And sometimes he I mean, can. He can yeah. do that at times. Yeah, yeah. sometimes he can. Sometimes he just doesn't at all. I mean, that's just the Wiggins. In his mind, if he feels like, I can take this guy, then you got a really high chance. If in his mind he's like, I don't know, <laughs> then he just completely backs out of that. Oh, the other thing with him is, does he make his first shot of his stint? If he makes his first shot of his time on the court, you know, those six minutes, then he's going to take two or three others, and they're usually going to have some flow. If he misses that first one, 
it's not going to happen for him. That, that is, and it happens for a lot of guys. He's not the only one. Uh, I think we get used to seeing Steph who just, and Clay who just keep firing no matter what. Some, a lot of guys, it, it's predicated on that first shot. But they need some way to get twos, and then that gets them to the threes. But while they're not getting the twos, they need some more threes, I think. And I'm saying all this with a five-on-one start, not trying to criticize them at all, but it's like some of the stuff that we thought was going to fix their problems against good teams kind of showed up against Memphis, I thought. It kind of showed up. Yeah, I mean, just it, 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 they get into a situation where points are hard to come by, and they're not as good defensively as they used to be where they can just go, fine, we're going to win. Even though they were pretty good like, defensively. That's that not game, this but it just Yeah. I mean, it's just that not, 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 well, good, not enough, good enough yeah. against the spectacular player. Yeah. The spectacular player beat them and the spectacular beat them in, in the play. in also it's like you get to that moment and you got to be a lot better in, in order to make sure that you don't put yourself at risk of getting beat by the spectacular player. That's what they do to the other teams, obviously with Steph. But you can't do that every single time. And Steph can't do that every single time. Nobody can do that every single time. Except maybe John Moran against, against the Warriors, them. Yeah. Against the Warriors. He's done it a couple hey, times. Hey, Slater, how big is tonight's game? They got they got New Orleans and Houston to close out the week. Is this huge game? Or is it, eh? Yeah, the Talking Hornets about the game. Hornets game? I mean, you got to figure they got to be able to beat the Pelicans and Rockets at home. <laughs> I'd probably. But it's not huge because it's the seventh game of an NBA season. And they're... Already five and one. Well, let me just say, how big would getting a seven one be for them? How big is that? I mean, to me, where it helps most is it just like it just decreases any type of urgency level with the clay return, with even the Wiseman return, or you know the thorniness of reintegrating Wiseman, which I think is going to be tougher than clay. Like if they hit rough patches later in the season, it's important to pile up these wins as much as possible when you should get these wins. And over the next couple weeks. Like they really should get to, you know, 10 and two, get to 14 and four, something like that. Like they, they need to get there. So that's where it's important. But, you know, any singular game, I think we all know is not that important. Like if they lose to the Hornets, like we'll, we'll dissect why, but then it's like, okay, then, all right, they beat the Pelicans and, and Rockets and they're seven and two or whatever. I just think it's like when I was watching them lose to Memphis, I was thinking that's why you win the first three games, right? You, you build this up. Like, you know, I don't think we expect them to beat the Lakers. You beat the Lakers, you can kick away a game. And we know they're going to kick <laughs> kick away games. That's what they do. They kicked away the Memphis game. I mean, Draymond with the eight-second count, I could not believe. I don't know that I've ever seen that down the stretch of a close game. You know, those things happen to them. That happens to a lot of teams. When you win a bunch of other games... You allow yourself, like, okay, that shouldn't have happened. Like they, you know, when they were when they had Durant, like they lose a regular season game. Is that going to matter? No, no, it's not going to matter. The playoff games are going to matter. So you do this to make sure that when you mess up a game or two or three or six, then you've you built it up where it's not costing you a playoff spot. Maybe it messes around whether you're the fourth or fifth seed. If they're that good, we'll see if if they sustain this, but. You just want to pile it up. You want to pile us up. Want to feel good. You know, clearly they feel good about themselves. They've been feeling good about themselves since the since training camp. And you just want to keep that. Yeah. And if they lose a game because Wiseman messed up a few times, they're not in a panic. They're just like, okay, we'll get Wiseman through this. And you know, at the time we're eight and three, and that's okay. So that that's what it means to me. We will be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. The other thing is that you know, nobody in the West is... You know, like the West just doesn't look like some gauntlet. I mean, Utah looks good, although they lost the other day to to, to Chicago. They've uh, had a they're, great they're tied schedule. First now, five and one. <laughs> they got the Bucks without yeah. like four I, I players. Mean, and, and, well, and look, they're probably very, the Warriors very likely are going to have a worse regular season record than Utah. But you know, everyone probably is. Absolutely. This is Utah. Yeah, they get the one seed, <laughs> they probably disappoint. <laughs> but I mean, you look below that. Like the Lakers are obviously looking kind of rough right now. You know, Dallas has looked okay, but. There's also, you know, issues within like uh, that team. Uh, Phoenix you know, you know, up and down. Yeah, yeah Phoenix yeah. is two and three. I feel like right Phoenix now, will get it talking. together, but man, um, they don't look good. <laughs> finals hangover. Finals hangover. Yeah, the Super Bowl hangover. Finals hangover. Uh, you know, Clippers are two and four. 
Blazers don't look good. Lakers, uh, you know, okay, you know, okay. Not just, e- yeah. I mean, okay is probably too strong. I, I I think they got issues. But um, yeah. So to me, like the West is open for them. They're in that. To mix. me, that's yeah, the reason that to like to win a game against the Charlotte. Yes, for sure. For sure. I mean, I think a top four seed is much more on the table for them than I thought. And I'm talking more like probably three, four-ish. TK, here's what they got going for them, the Warriors, I mean. Steph Curry, 17 career games against Charlotte. He's averaging 36 points, 51% shooting, 49% from three. Slater, what's the one team, uh, Slater, uh, the, the, Slater, what's the one team that Steph torches more than Charlotte? Only one team he torches more than Charlotte. The Orlando Magic? Portland Trailblazers. Nope. Toronto. Toronto. Oh, it's, just it's, because it's of when it, if Steph Wolf's has Wolf's lived there, he is coming for you. <laughs> yeah. Or or if Aisha has family and friends there. <laughs> Something about, yeah. yo, this is my city. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm going yeah. crazy. Too bad for the Warriors. Yeah, he didn't go to UCLA because it doesn't work. Nah, like never. That That's the problem. In LA. It does not they get Charlotte twice in the next couple of weeks. That's actually the, you know, they have this eight-game homestand, but the first game of their next road trip is in Charlotte. Yeah, Steph, Steph loves going home, pops it in courtside. That's a big deal. Pops will be courtside. I'll just say, but in the postseason, that team is Portland. That team is absolutely Portland for him. He lights up the Trailblazers in the playoffs. So I just want, that's why I said Portland. That's why I said I'm going to back up my guess of Portland. Like, hey, Mark, do you think he's playing well right now, or do you think he's playing okay? Uh, okay, how's it's that, how's very typical early stuff. By the way, it's 35-2 against Portland, so it's very good. Yeah, it's not too bad in the regular season. Right, right, he's, record. he's averaging 35 point. No, that's minutes. I'm sorry, looking at the wrong. I was about to say 28 against Portland. 33 games, 28. He was 36-5 yeah, in, yeah. in, in the Western Conference 28 points, by the way. 30, 45% 30. from three. Yeah, yeah. He, he's giving Portland a business. Draymond crushes yeah, Draymond. Portland. Draymond crushes Portland. Well, Portland has never had anybody who could who who could even come close to what Draymond does. They can't defend it. They can't – he defends everybody. They just That's the problem with Portland. They just never had that power forward or even a three that, that scares the Warriors in any way. Actually, TK, you, you, you are right. Now I'm looking at. I was looking at minutes. I'm all in the wrong column. You're right. He averages 28 against Portland, 27-3 against Charlotte, and 27-4 against Toronto. So he torches Portland more go. than any team. I've just seen him go off against Portland. So I think many I think the times. 62 know, last year helped that cause, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's okay. Yeah, that still counts. It all counts. Year. Yeah, nah. yeah. I just you figured know, he played more. Like, he's played more games against Portland. He hardly sees Charlotte, but. I just can't remember a bad game that he's had against. I'm sure he's had one against Portland. He had a 42 point near no, triple I, I, double rookie year in Portland. Like he's been tortured. Yeah, I mean, there's been games where where Lillard's lit him up too, but Steph hasn't shrunk from that, right? You know, Lillard might go for 45 and Steph goes for 41. That matchup is they both score. It's not like one just destroys the other one. Uh, I just feel, yeah, I just can remember so many games where Steph was just so dominant against Portland and not the same way that. You know, it just and it's always the heat of the battle. It's always close games. It's always great moments. And Steph hitting tons of shots against that team. To answer your question, though, Tim, I don't. The main thing I'd say about Steph early in the season, he doesn't look like he's lost a step. And that's like to to watch with these guys now that they're over thirty early in the season is like, does it look like there's a potential decline coming this season? And you know, the shots are in, they're not in in the fourth quarter or whatever. Like he just looks like the same player as last year. So that's all that really matters. He's having to defend some point guards now, right? I mean, you know, not I every do game, think that's not every a factor, minute. Though. I do think it's it's like in that Memphis game. He looked at he looked at gas, and he had to play defense that game, right? So it, it does have some effect on his uh, shooting. But you know, Steph. Well, that's why absolutely. they didn't bring him back till yeah, the four thirty two mark. Steve <laughs> yeah, was like, hey. Yeah, when he did put him in at six fifty, you knew the game was going to run. Like he wanted to put him in like a six. 18 and you knew the game Josh was sitting there, there. Josh sitting going there just bleed clock like just <laughs> killing that's when you do one of those take fouls yeah. those yeah. euro take but uh, he's only shooting that's when you call yeah, timeouts is what he, you uh, he's only shooting 39% from three right so it's you know the turn up is coming at some point. He's gonna end up somewhere at 42. He's taking a ton of them he too which takes 13 and he makes five or six the Warriors will take that every single time, and sometimes he's going to make eight of those. So that's all good. It just I do think they're set up to be a three-point shooting team. I thought they were going to be a three-point shooting team. They are 
they take a lot of them, but they don't take as many as I thought they would. And, and I think they should figure out a way to just take more. I just think they're there. And those are, those are the best shots for their guys. Otto Porter can get to the lane a little bit, but not really. That's not his game. Bielitsa, we saw a little bit of it, but he's a three-point shooter. Like, these are three-point shooters. Their offensive guys are three-point shooters. And maybe they should embrace a little bit more. One more topic we should probably discuss. Kaminga made his debut. Is it good or bad that his first bucket is a three? I remember thinking like this is not what this is not what he needs to be doing. (laughs) (laughs) I guess it doesn't matter, but it's it was summer league vibes, and that's not that's not how he's gonna play. Well, it's preseason for sure. I mean, he's out there playing the Thunder, which by the way, their starting lineup is like a summer league team, but you know, he was playing mop up Thunder minutes. But I think it's good for them that he's a confident three point shooter, even if right now he's probably like a thirty one percent three point shooter. I think as they develop him, I think you want your potential like high usage wing to to shoot threes. He went in the lane, you know, the next time and it didn't work out. But he did, like, he didn't just say float around and say, let me, let me jack up as many threes as possible. He passed up stuff first. He's like, hey, I'm not going to force it. Yeah, he's passing out doubles. I'm going to move it. I'm going to wait for him to come to me. I was like, all right, that's good. I like that. It felt very, reminded me of Jeremy. Remember Jeremy Lin used to be on the end of the bench and the crowd used to like cheer for him to get in. It felt like that when they were like, (laughs) well, he, they, they were just a little too excited for. I was like, this is like Jeremy Lin vibes again. Like, relax. He's just yeah. And, and, and Joe Lake, I'm sure, was yeah, sitting like, courtside yeah. going, get up, Yeah, that's that's always a bit much. And I, I, I keep, I think it's a lot, bit much when you're playing with Steph and Draymond watching you. I think that puts additional pressure. It's good pressure, but it's still pressure. And Clay there too. But yeah, I think I think we all think Kaminga's got stuff. It may not show up this season. But you you talk about getting twos. That's what I was thinking. I I just wanted to see him against a defense that's not very good, against a bunch of young players, like slash and finish. Yeah, know what you're doing in, in, you know, in the key. Like just can get there, be available for a pass, and then know what you're doing. It doesn't have to be a shot, but be a threat so the defense has to move a little bit and maybe convert on the post or convert with a dribble and a dunk. You know, they do need that stuff. Like good teams have the, you know, the – the playoffs are not three-point barrages usually. They're try to get yourself a couple good twos. And I'm not sure that Kamigo's going to be great at it, but he's going to do some things uh, and to, to pile on the guy we're, we're bombing today. But, I mean, he can do stuff that Kavon Looney cannot do. Cannot You're do. always bombing on Kavon. Hey, did you not see that Kavon rotation to, <laughs> to, to take away not. a layup? And that curve went, yeah, what a rotation. He, he just great rotation. glossing over Looney's ability to stay in front of point guards. He's just, like, glossing over like it doesn't happen. Brian Smith is uh, saying it right now. This is the where we missed Lane, Ethan yeah, Strauss. Lane, yeah, yeah, no question. We missed the Looney Ethan Strauss is what we missed. By the way, uh, you say all this stuff, and who's, is he playing at the end of games, by the way? No, no. Yeah, you're right playing. right now. But you I like the commitment playoffs. to small ball. postseason when Steve loves him. Slater, you know, you, know what's a tri- you know what I get from Kaminga? And it, when he came onto the court, it jarred me in the same way it does Wiseman. Obviously, they're not the same, but... Even though you've seen them before, they still strike you as like, yo, this dude is big. <laughs> like, it, like it's a jarring, like, yo, Kaminga's not little. It's crazy, especially you see him in like in a jersey next to other guys. It's like, yo, this dude is big. Yeah, especially because he's just turned 19. You know, that was the takeaway in Summer League. To me, he showed a lot in Summer League. And and, and I don't take much from the other night because he just, you know, he looked gassed after running up and so down. Two nervous. His eyes, dude, he was so <laughs> Well, not even just nervous, but like he breathing heavy because yeah, it's like you, you know. But yeah, you get basketball. you get tired when you're nervous, right? You, you're under yeah, stress, absolutely. But yeah, I mean, he he looks like a Pascal Siakam type, like big four. He is a four. There's like you know when they took him, like oh he's a he's a big three, and he is a four, and he is not. He's gonna a be small a four five. He is, he, <laughs> he's gonna be a guy who can play five. Yes, yeah. yes. he's a modern four for yeah. sure, and. That is his position. That is how this is going to happen. When it's going to happen, who knows? But he is not. I mean, if they play him and Wiseman, they are going to have a huge front line. You know, I mean, Wiseman is big by any measure. He's a big center. But Kaminga is going to be a big four. If those two guys can play together, they're going to be big. They're going to be bigger than almost every team they play. Let's take you on a virtual reality tour to Joe Lake of 2025. <laughs> Hold on. Here is this By the way, Slater, people... People are quoting your your damn dang chat to me on Twitter saying just later saying that Joe Lakeb is intruding on the personnel decision. 
Intruding. So. Can you intrude so. when it's your team? <laughs> it's your like, team. Has anyone ever said that Joe Lake isn't a part of every decision? I mean, I know. Uh, so anyway, it'll be Kaminga high low passes. It'll be like kind of old school be, news. Yeah, they're going to be different. I mean, I know. I mean, this they know this. They've drafted for this. They're going to be different, and they're going to be big. Maybe, maybe the league will come around to that by that point. What'll be interesting about that transition that obviously does appear to be coming in the next few years, and this is a different podcast for another day but like you know steve kerr's adaption to that over the next few years you know you know they're already talking look wiseman's got it it's got to be pick and rolls pick and rolls it can't be like just read and react stuff and kaminga i think is somewhat similar like it's not gonna be read and react move move across the lane cut back weak side yeah i don't know about that dho Uh, pin down okay (laughs) run to the corner Uh, they're going to get what they can get out of this season and next season. And then I think there will be a major transition probably in the middle of next season. They're probably going to have to see, you know, if Wiseman is the guy because these contracts start coming up, right? I mean, these things start happening and they have to make long-term decisions. And we know what the owner feels about James Wiseman. And we know a lot of the basketball people agree. We'll see. But, there will be some, you know, if Steph's still great in three years, they're still going to play like this. But you have to kind of think about if he's not great in three years. But if it's no longer Steph and Draymond and it's more like Steph and Wiseman is like, then it's got to be kind of a lot of pick and rolls. Because Steph can, Steph can succeed. Well, he's done it with Draymond, right? They did pick. That's what that's the other thing anyway. It's movement three. Yeah, it's movement pick and roll. It's not just ISO pick and roll you know who knows you know they might have to do some different actions but we'll see maybe Wiseman's terrible I mean that seems to be certainly on the plate it's possible I think this is going to be an interesting interlude while they have some breathing room while they're playing well whenever he's back which I assume what a week and a half something like that it sounds very likely he's going to go get some time in the G League. I believe the G League season. Santa Cruz plus Santa minus. Cruz, Warriors go. plus ready. minus. Yeah, we ready. Yeah. We'll be coming yeah, to you live from up Kaiser soon. Arena. <laughs> <laughs> That would be great. That would be great. If, if it's Kaminga and Wiseman down there. We're going. Oh, we're going. Oh, yeah. We got to pick it up. <laughs> I'm picking y'all up. We hitting 17. That's what we do. <laughs> All right. I'll do live. We know people are going to demand it because they're demanding it. The Slater's getting pounded for not putting up enough of these shows. So that's the content. The content is good. You got to keep going with the content. So the next time you hear from us, there'll be, uh, what, 8-1? Yeah, we're, we're talking plus minus, though. We're talking plus minus here. But yeah, something like that. Something seven, seven and one, eight and two. Oh, they got the four, four games. The one, two, three, four. Next four games. Where are they going? Uh, Charlotte, New Orleans, Houston, Atlanta. Three and one. Three and one. Yeah. So, so eight and two, we were saying. Eight and two. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. I mean, I, hey, I'm surprised they lost a the home game. I thought they were going to just be dominant at home. And, I, and they got all these home games. They should just clean up. It should be like that 6-0 and run to end last season. Like, this they is were up 19. Yeah, but they, they should have won. Sh- but, they showed their flaws, too. Yep. I just think that they're going to be a really good home team. And maybe they'll be better on the road than I thought. But I figured, you know, little under 500 on the road. That's about what a six seed is. Dominated home. A little under 500. If they're 500 or better on the road and they are they win 29, 30, 31 games at home, that's a three seed. That, that's a three seed. And, you know, you, you win these games, you, you put yourself in position for that. I don't think they're the third best team in the West, but I think they are playing a style and they have the players to be able to run some of these tired East Coast teams off the court. And it, it should start. I'm going seven and three. Tomorrow. We'll see. Seven and three. Yeah, it'd be fine. I mean, I think they would have taken that. Charlotte, Atlanta is rough. Those, those teams are clicking. I, I'm, I'm curious how they'll guard them. You're going you're gonna to lose both those games? Yeah, I'm, I'm going with it. Travis Lake revenge game? Travis Lake revenge it. game? Dan, watch they, watch they Dan Martinez revenge game. Watch the Warriors blow out Charlotte because I picked against them. <laughs> Steph does not does not lose that game very often. Wait, what, what's his record in the 17 games against Charlotte, by the way? You looked that one up? Yeah, Margus? I guess it's like 13 and 4. Yeah, it's, it's been, been some, some terrible bad Charlotte teams. teams. I, think four is, I, I think 4 is high on They've that. They've thrown away at least one of them. There were some early bad Warriors teams as well with Steph. So. Marcus can't come up with it. We'll did he ever follow. play against the Bobcats? I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He did. Yeah, no, yeah, that, that was, wasn't that long. He ago. was drafted. Yeah, absolutely. Remember, because they trade, they traded uh, Stephen Jackson to the Bobcats that his rookie year. That was the big trade uh, after Brandon Jennings dropped fifty-five. 
I was watching the Russell Westbrook documentary thing the other day, and they're showing him getting drafted by the Seattle Sonics. It's just funny. The great Seattle, Seattle Supersonics, Kevin Durant's rookie season, which I'll always remember. Marcus, Marcus can't come we're, up we're with that we're time. Yeah, over yeah, here. I know. It's we're rough out here. I'm trying, trying to find it. Probably pretty good, we'll say. <laughs> it's good. It's good. It's not 4-13. and 13. It's not. Yeah, definitely not that. But stat head is, is moving a little bit slow. Uh, how about you? Go, how about you go over some rotation? <laughs> you pay for the stat head. I, I pay. Yeah, for heck that. yeah. Like, don't yeah, you get the subscription? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Definitely it's worth, worth it. it. It's worth it. It's like who's who's leading the Warriors in plus minus right now? I'll just give you that right now. Who's leading them in plus minus? Um, probably Damian Lee. Lee is second. Oh, oh. It's, um, it's it's the obvious answer, which usually Steph, yeah doesn't always work. Yeah, Steph Curry number one. I th- I figure you might ask that because it was uh yeah know, that's why I asked it is a little Damian like, Lee being two is is Lee, notable Lee two like Draymond is not that high I I forget who's three but it's like Steph by far is number one and I don't think there's the only negative are the guy like Kaminga the guys who who barely played almost everybody's spot well they're five and one there's not a lot of interesting stuff there other than Damian Lee has got a really good number he just things. Work out okay when when Damian Lee's out there. Oh, that's gonna say Chris Chiosa. That's the other big big. Play. What was the hell was he playing for? Brian by the way? Smith has beaten twelve five for Marcus Steph Curry. Punch, twelve and five against the Hornets. His internet speed is quicker than yours, Marcus. B Smith, way to go! Nice dot, nice connection there. Why was Chris Chiosa playing the other game? By the way, in the Memphis game, they had twenty three turnovers, and all Steve Kerr would talk about post games too much random activity. We don't have a true point guard out there, particularly with the second unit. We got oh, he did. Yeah, say, he did say yeah, that. He was talking he about like organization, blah blah blah. And then you see Chris Chios out there, like you know, horns, horns, and you're like, yeah, this is Steve is just like you know, let's uh, get this thing organized. Which you know, it's just classic Kerr. You know, even if you're sitting there like, shouldn't Gary Payton or somebody be getting these minutes? But they kind of like Chioza. Move the ball. I would say about Chioza, like he is pretty stable, but I don't think he should be getting paid minutes. Well, that's the only thing. When Poole starts turning it over, and GP two does turn it over a little bit, and I don't know if he's done this, but yeah, he did. But he he's threatened. It's like there's not like you feel great about him with the ball. You feel great about him finishing. No question. He's not a point guard. But he's a wing. Chioza he's a wing. Can, yeah, Chioza can move the ball. And he's hit a couple threes, so that's fine. I just was curious. So I wondered what, if if there was some reason for that. It just was bizarre to just see him pop up on the screen and go, "There's some guy out there that I didn't think was gonna be out there." Uh, but there you go. I think yeah, he's also right. used this uh, twice in the last three games. They've taken Steph out in the middle of the first quarter for like three minutes, and he's put Chioza in that spot because they're like they think that's gonna minimize Steph's overall minutes. Uh, from you know, they're trying to get it down to like 34, which I know the fans will love. Yeah, yeah, and so they can get him in at uh, five minutes instead of four four oh nine in the fourth quarter. <laughs> I'm okay with that though. I'm okay with limiting the step minutes. I do. I do believe that's one of the reasons he's been strong at the end of seasons. Is like you make sure he's not playing 38 in November. You know, in all October. All is you know, forgiven you, if you win, and they're five and one right now. So what's their record against Portland? What's Steph's record against Portland in those 33 games? A lot more games. Are you including playoffs? Yeah, not including playoffs. I, I say uh, twenty and thirteen. I think it's. I'll go. I'll take the over on that. I think more 22 than twenty two and eleven. Oh wow, jeez, that's a good record. That's a good record because a good Portland team that's been pretty good this whole time. But it just shows you how much Steph and Draymond just cook that team. They just cook them. And and the playoffs has been what they won in five and they won in four. So they're eight. Oh no, and worse than that. They've the had playoffs, what four series. Yeah, over the years, four series. Oh, the, okay. I thought it was two, but three. I think it's four one four zero four zero. That's what I think it's been. But I just, I, you know, and this is obvious. I was just, just thinking about this. Steve Kerr in the playoffs. What's his record in this playoff series with the Warriors? Eighteen and two. Steph is ten and zero against Portland in the playoffs. He didn't play yeah, a couple of years. Yeah. Well, because he didn't play in the game they lost. Yeah, yeah. And he didn't remember play he the missed first the first game, so that's three why games equal twelve. What was it two? Remember he came two. back. First, Sean Livingston started. And well, he came, came back in game four. Yeah, first three. Yeah, first three. That's right. Sean. They won the first two games at home and lost game three. And then Steph came back and did not start for game four. But then another Portland uh, trivia playoff series trivia. Mike Brown is two and zero against Portland because uh, <laughs> that's when, that's <laughs> he's like he undefeated, right? Mike Brown. I believe. What what did Mike finish in those playoffs? Because it was two against Portland, sweep, sweep, and one finals game. So eleven and zero. 
11 and 0. Mike Brown, man. What is a better record than anyone who's ever existed? <laughs> uh, 11. <laughs> the Mike, I, lo- I love the Mike Brown love. I love it. Let's go to Mike yeah, Brown love. It's all, it's all, all good. All right. Marcus, you still looking up those records? All right. One or, more. Can I do one more? Show here. I, I have a desire for one more. <laughs> okay. No, I was I was trying Toronto? to figure out the last time Steph lost to, to Charlotte. When was the last time Steph lost to Charlotte? What was the game that, that Draymond got the two techs? Was that Charlotte? What was crazy yeah. about that game? Then, oh, Steph, Steph was in play. the okay, pregame okay. huddle about to go, and then remember Celebrini that's right. pulled him out of the that's, huddle. Yeah, that's right. And at the time, that's you're right. like, COVID. Uh-oh. You know, it looked like one of those pull somebody off the court because you got a test, but they said he had, like, vertigo, dizziness type stuff, and then he was fine two days later. That was in Charlotte. That's right. I forgot. What a, what a interesting oh, game. Yeah. And then the, the Draymond double T collapse. Because <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I remember Rozier is the yeah. one who beat him, right? Rozier hit the shot. You know who had a gr- you know who had a great game that night because they almost won without Steph, which it was actually a good Brad game. Wanamaker. Brad yeah, Wanamaker yeah, was great. Everywhere in that game, <laughs> he pit- I remember he oh, picked Lamelo at half court and like it, anyway, it was it was the last fun. Warriors loss to Charlotte came February 2014. They got torched by Al Jefferson with Steph. With Steph, yeah, with Steph. They with got Steph, torched with by Steph, Al Jefferson. Yeah, yeah. The great Al Jefferson, 30 the and 13. <laughs> that was a big game. I'm surprised it's only 13 and 5 against 12 and 5. That, that, that Brian just said. I'm surprised it's only that. It's, uh, yeah, 12 and 5. I thought those early years. That, those early years were hey, tough. The, on the road, NBA on the road. Yeah, yeah. And plus on the road in the NBA, is always, it's, it's never just write it in, except for when they won 72. You just can't write in victories. They was, That team won 72 games, Marcus. Jesus Christ. That was unbelievable. Slater wasn't there yet. 73, yeah. 73. Yeah, 73. Did I say 72? Yeah, 73. That's right. Jesus, man. Jesus. They lost to Charlotte in seven years. That's crazy. I would say 73 win seasons, what what gave birth to Warriors plus minus. Know know your history, Slater. Know your history. It all comes full circle to close the podcast. (laughs) Until next time. (laughs) Way to end it. We're out of here.